It's time for another round of pre-draft thoughts, roster building thoughts, all things New York Giants with special guest Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. That's coming your way next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Chena, and a big welcome to all our everydayers and to our new listeners and viewers on YouTube. Happy to have you with us. It is hump day. It is the day before the NFL draft. And as promised, we are continuing to bring you wall-to-wall coverage leading up to the draft and to the draft and beyond the draft. And on today's show, I'm very happy to welcome in my good friend, Edward Valentine from Big Blue View. Eddie, we're here. We made it. We're almost, oh, actually, we're almost there. Patty, we're, we're, we're two minutes into this and you've dropped an Edward and an Eddie. Is that, is that how we're going to be today? <laughs> hey, I, of course. Of course. What would a show be if I didn't break your horns? I know. We made it to another draft, Patty. We made, so. it. We made it, Edward. We're here. So All right. All right. So let's get into it. Um, look, we, we've been talking, and, and when I say we, I mean in general, we've been talking about different prospects, different possibilities and stuff. Let's kind of look at this from a bigger picture, if you will. Um, the Giants' first round, uh, number 25 overall, any number of ways they could go. Give me two or three that you think make the most sense for the Giants at 25. Players or scenarios, Patty? Uh, scenarios. Scenarios. Well, obviously, the for me, the biggest need is cornerback. So the best scenario would be if one of those big four cornerbacks, most likely Deontay Banks or maybe Joey Porter Jr. from from Penn State. Maybe one of those guys falls to 25 and the Giants are able to do that. The other scenario is if the wide receiver that they want, you know, and there are four that guys talk about as, you know, potential top 25 picks. Maybe if the guy they want falls there, you can see them adding that. And for me, the third scenario is get the heck out of that spot. You know, if, if, if there isn't a bang the table guy, get the heck out of that spot, trade down, add some assets that you can, you know, that you can use later or that, that will help you in the future, you know, add some 2024 assets. They've only got seven picks in 2024. And the thing that, I think people need to realize is this draft is going to help the giants. It should help the giants. If they get it right, if they get a couple of players that can be, you know, difference making players, but this draft is not going to completely eliminate the talent gap between the New York giants and the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas city chiefs. This draft is hopefully going to be a step in the right direction. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I mean, you, you've got to, you know, you, you've got to draft for the future. I think we always talk about that. 
But, you know, let's let's go into getting the heck out of spot number 25, if we could here for a moment. There are some people who believe the Giants could trade up. There are some that believe the Giants could trade down. And then you have people like me who think they could potentially trade out of the first round. What in what circumstances do you think it makes the most sense to move, whether it be up, down or out of that first round? Well, Patty, big blue view readers and, and listeners to, to my own podcast know that I am first and foremost a fan of trading down in most circumstances. Now, the Giants already have 10 picks in this draft. My question is if it's wide receiver or if it's cornerback, is there a guy who's going to be sitting there at 19, 20, 21, who's going to be a biggest, a big enough difference maker, a big enough game changer for them to justify giving up, you know, part of the middle of their draft to go and get the guy? I don't know. I don't know what their board says. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big I'm a big Zay Flowers guy. But is Zay Flowers enough of a difference maker for them to justify, you know, giving up two extra middle, you know, middle of the draft, you know, middle round picks, a fourth round pick, a third round pick, you know, to go get the guy? Is Deontay Banks a big enough difference maker to justify what they would have to give up to go get the guy? You know, that I can't answer. I'm, you know, I love Deontay Banks at 25. Do I love him at 19 with a trade up? I'm not so sure. Yeah. I'm curious to see what they think and how they have him graded. Ed, when you look at how, when you look at what the Giants did in free agency, how do you think that has set them up for the draft, if at all? Well, I think, Patty, that the free agency always impacts the draft. And I think that that free agency has made has put the giants in a situation where we knew what a lot of their needs were entering the off season. We knew they needed help at wide receiver. They got some help at wide receiver. They didn't get so much help at wide receiver that it takes that need off the table, but it makes it such that if there isn't, a wide receiver that they are in love with at 25, they don't have to force taking one. Uh, they they signed Bobby Okereke at linebacker. Could they still take a linebacker early in draft if there's one that they love? Sure, they could, but they don't have to force that pick. Same thing at defensive tackle. They they added two quality veteran depth players, so. I think that, that again, they could add there, but they don't have to say, well, we absolutely have to have a, a, a run-stuffing defensive tackle, and we've got to get one of the best two or three guys in the class, so we've got to force that pick early. So I think they've done that. The other thing to draft or that free agency always tells us, Patty, I think free agency always kind of telegraphs areas that we know they're going to address in the draft, whether they do it in the first round or not. You know, I think they've kind of telegraphed that they'll address corner. I think they've telegraphed that 
they'll address center. Yeah, I I think, you know, maybe they'll address running back in the middle of the draft, but I think those first two positions in particular, I think I think they've kind of telegraphed that they're going to do something in the draft in those spots, maybe wide receiver as well. At the end of last year, Joe Shane spoke about the talent gap that existed between the Giants and Dallas and Philly. They've made steps to close that gap, obviously. But, you know, at the same time, Dallas and Philly have taken steps to get even better. So that being said, where can the Giants, in your opinion, take the biggest leap forward in closing the gap with, say, I I guess we'll use Philly because Philly, I think right now is the cream of the crop in the NFC East, whereas I think the Giants are a little closer to Dallas. So where do they need to take the biggest step forward in terms of roster building to close up that gap some more? Well, it's it's funny, Patty, because I was on a conference call Monday night with Mike Tannenbaum, former GM of of the Jets, executive vice president of, of the Miami Dolphins, and Mike was actually asked that question, not ne- not by me, but he was asked that question, and he said they need explosive playmakers, as in plural, and I agree with that answer to an extent but i look at it another way i want to use the word they need game changing type players they need game changing type players they need players who can do what Kayvon Thibodeau did last year against the washington commanders make a play that turns into a game changing strip sack touchdown they don't have anyone in their defensive secondary who turns the ball over. They don't have anybody who creates turnovers, who, you know, who, who intercepts the ball, you know, with any regularity, they don't have a, a you know, they don't have a, a Stefan or a, a, a Trayvon, what is it? Trayvon Diggs in Dallas. They don't have a guy that does that. They need difference makers. Can they get enough difference makers in this draft to close that gap or, you know, to entirely close that gap? No, but for me, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for guys who can make game changing type plays, you know, and that's from whether that's cornerbacks, whether that's wide receivers, whether that's pass rushers, whatever that might be, you know, whether that's a, a backup running back that upgrades Matt Breida. I don't know, but whatever that is, whether, whatever that is to me, you know, whatever the giants think that is, they need guys who can change games. Hey, giant fans. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, then you got to try a built bar or puff. These tasty treats are healthy and amazing with each bar and puff covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like eating a candy bar, but without the guilt, without the fat, without the carbs, without the sugar. With Built Bar and Built Puffs, you're getting a generous dose of protein in every serving. If we're talking an average of 17 grams with most bars and puffs boasting about 130 calories and four grams of sugar. And did you know that you don't have to wait anymore for a box to be shipped from Built? Simply pop into your local Sam's Club or Walmart to pick up your box 
of assorted flavors. You can thank me later. Hey, Giant fans, make sure you join Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, and other Locked On NFL experts on the Locked On NFL Scouting YouTube page for live NFL draft coverage presented by Ultimate Football GM. Kyle and Joe will be live all during rounds one, two, and three. And then on Saturday, they'll get you caught up after each round. Join the Draft Dudes for the first round tomorrow night live on YouTube on the Locked On NFL Scouting page starting at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. When I was on your show, we were talking about scenarios in, in round one. And one of the scenarios I floated was trading out of the first round, picking up assets for maybe next year, um, since they're not going to have any comp picks or they're not projected to have any comp picks. And we talked about, you know, the pros and cons with the fifth year option, giving that up versus, you know, just picking up more assets, you know, having had an opportunity to, to kind of mull that over, would you be okay if the giants went that route? Or do you still feel you got to have that fifth year option because, you know, it, it's a, it's a nice little, you know, piece to have in your back pocket. Well, it is a nice little piece to have in your back pocket, Patty, but I think that I've had this discussion with other people as well. And, and, and it goes back and forth. And some people think the fifth year option matters more at some positions than it does at other positions. Here's the way I think I land on it. If you're sitting at 25 and, and you have a group of, let's say 10 players and you think that you can move back into early round two and still have some of those 10 players available to you, then fine. You move back and and you, and you do that because as we said, this is not, this draft is not going to make the New York giants Super Bowl champions. This draft is still about, continuing to build. In fact, Joe Shane said a while back, he said, this is really the beginning of our build, which I thought was kind of interesting because last year, you know, he, he won't say it per se, but last year was just about survival for him through the off season and getting through the year. So, you know, the fact that they, they won nine games and made the playoffs was a bonus, but, uh, but this is, it's really about building so if, if you can go back and, and you're still in that same pool of players and you can add assets that, will, that you can use in 2024 to maybe go up and get a player again and, and continue this build because you still need more pieces. You still need more depth at the end of the roster in addition to, you know, as I said, game-changing players. So... So, so yeah, I'd, I'd be okay with it as long as you're not going from 25 to 50. If you're going from 25 to 35, you know, where you're at the top of, of the second round that I, that I can do, but I'm not, I don't want to go to 50 where you're in a completely different class of players or pool of players. And the Giants a few years ago did, I think they, they did something like that. Then they, they, I think that was the year they took Landon Collins. Then they trade into the, uh, uh, they fact, traded, they had the, the first they, pick in the second round. They trade, they traded one of the most aggressive moves Jerry Reese ever made. 
yeah. traded all the way up, I think, from the middle of the second round up to the first pick of the second round to get Landon Collins. Yeah, they they that was pretty aggressive. So, I mean, to trade out of the first round, I mean, I, I'm trying to think, was there ever a time when they traded out of the first round? I know they've there's been years where they haven't had first round picks, but I can't recall any time that they traded out. Have you? I I can't recall one offhand, Patty. Then again, you know, it's it the Giants for the last decade have been picking early, early in the first round. And and I think there there would have been uh the there there would have been a riot in the streets if they'd have traded all the way out of the first round from somewhere in the top ten. Here I could under here I could understand it. As I said, if there's a, you know, if if their their main pool of players that they might that they might have in mind at twenty five, if that main pool of players isn't there, then go get some more assets. Yeah, I've asked this question of a lot of people. I'm going to put it to you as well Uh-oh. with regards to the wide receiver position. Do the Giants have enough at the position, or do you think they still need more? Oh, I think they need more. The, you know, the, the question is, when you look at this draft, it, is what they really need going to be available? I, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Zay Flowers, and I don't think Zay Flowers and Wandale Robinson are the same player. But, you know, but we can debate forever and ever you know how many small wide how many small sort of move wide receivers like that you know can you have on a roster i think they can both play together um but if you've got zay flowers is zay is zay flowers more help to your roster than than getting you know deontay banks or emmanuel forbes or joey porter jr at cornerback i don't know i don't know how the giants will see that could the Giants wait until day two and maybe grab one of the bigger guys, you know, a Cedric Tillman, a Jonathan Mingo, somebody like that? I think, I think they've got enough to to run a competent offense with right now. If if their guys, if Wondell Robinson stays healthy, if Paris Campbell stays healthy, if Darren Waller stays healthy, but 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 I keep saying if. So, you know, I I don't think that that pure number one Jamar Chase kind of wide receivers are just not going to be available to the Giants in this draft. It's just it's just not there. So they, they could use more talent, but that that absolute, you know, number one game changing guy just probably is not there. Yeah. And I don't think Joe Shane is going to necessarily reach to to you know plug that that hole. I think he made that clear at the end of last year when he talked about, you know, you'd like to have it, but if you don't have it, you know, you, you can't force it, which, you know, I kind of like his patience, patient approach, to be honest with you, because he doesn't sound like the type who's going to panic and, you know, go into a draft and say, okay, I got to have this, this, and this. Well, and then if he doesn't get it, go, oh my God, now what do I do? Well, how many times over the years, Patty, how many times have we seen Giants general managers go into a draft and say, okay, this is the plan. And I go back years and years. I forget, was it 2011, the David Wilson draft? And was it, was it 11 or 12 when they drafted Wilson? 
I think the entire universe knew that Jerry Reese wanted a running back and that that running back was Doug Martin. And Doug Martin came off the board one pick before the Giants were on the board. And what did Jerry do? He just he just reached down the board and took, instead of looking and saying, well, what's the next best available player? What else can we do? He just took the next running back on his board. And that running back turned out to be David Wilson and talented guy, but, you know, it had his career shortened by a neck injury, but never really fit, you know, Tom Coughlin and Kevin Gilbride. We saw, you know, we've seen it happen multiple times over the years, Patty, where, where the guy that you were targeting wasn't there and the Giants just didn't have a plan B. And I don't think that's going to happen with this regime. So I, you know, that I feel good about. You're not always going to get the guy that you want, the guy, especially when there's 24 teams ahead of you making decisions. Yeah. So you, you have to have, you know, plan B and plan C and plan D and, and all of that. Hey, Giant fans, the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special is here and it is bigger than ever before. Follow along all 32 teams first pick in six episodes running on an ultimate Mock Draft experience only Locked On can deliver. All episodes are now available on Locked On NFL Draft on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. When you look at how this year the coaches were able to get out to the pro days and the all-star games a little bit more frequently than they did last year, because last year, of course, a new staff and everything like that. How much more of a difference do you think it's going to make for them in, in their draft decisions, especially when you take into consideration that the scouting staff you know, now that they went through their initial draft process, now they started over doing things the way Shane wants it done. How much more confident or, or how much more of a difference do you think that's all going to make in the selection of these picks? Well, Patty, I think that what you're going to see is more of a collective effort. I think that when you go back and you look at what the Giants drafted last year, you can almost go back and see that it was really obvious that there was one person Joe Shane trusted, Joe Shane. You can go back and you look, if you match up the places that we know, we don't know every place that Joe Shane went to watch games. Okay. We don't, you know, there's no way we can track every place that, that a general manager gets to, but, I don't think there's anyone that the Giants drafted last year that Joe didn't see in person, that he didn't see play in person. They drafted two offensive linemen from North Carolina, which most of the scouting world thought North Carolina had a terrible offensive line, (laughs) and he took two of their players. Everybody that he drafted, he saw. I think he said the only one that I think it was Brandon Brown and Tim McDonald kind of banged the table for Daniel Bellinger. I think that that when push came to shove, he didn't know which scouts were really on top of their game and which scouts were really good in certain areas and whatever their strengths and weaknesses were. He didn't have his front office. He didn't have Brandon Brown. He didn't have, you know, Dennis Hickey. He didn't have Chris Rossetti on staff at the time. So 
he relied on himself. And I think this year you'll see a little bit more of a collective effort in some of those picks. And the other thing that Joe said was, and he didn't name names. He didn't, he didn't say exactly who the players were, but he said, he's got a better handle on what Wink Martindale wants on defense, you know? So I I think that's interesting as well, but that's, that's what I think you'll see. I think you'll see just a little bit more collective instead of up. We know Joe saw that guy in person. Yep. We know he saw that guy. You know, it's it. So I, I, that's what I, that's where I think the impact comes. We see this happen every year, Ed. There's always something that comes out of left field that nobody saw coming. If you had to take a guess right now for the Giants, what's that curveball that's going to have everybody, everybody going, what? In, in round one, Patty? At any point in the draft. It doesn't have to be round one. I mean, if you want to stay well, with round one, that's fine. Well, they're not drafting Hendon Hooker, so let's so let's, let's get that. Yeah, yeah, that's let, definitely let, surprising. Let's get let's get that out of the way. <laughs> um, I keep looking at you know with you you asked me about scenarios earlier, and you know you're talking. We talk about cornerback. We talk about wide receiver. We talk about pass rusher. We talk about all of those things. An out-of-left-field scenario for me is not Emmanuel Forbes because I've come around on a 170-pound cornerback because, shoot, Patty, how many 170-pound wide receivers are there succeeding in the league right now? So why can't you have a 170-pound cornerback covering those guys? But uh, for me, a completely out-of-left-field scenario, how about a linebacker like Drew Sanders or Jack Campbell in the first round. Mm. You know, back when I first started doing mock drafts, I mocked Drew Sanders to the Giants a couple of times. And you hear all kinds of things in the last week leading up to the draft, and you keep seeing, oh, Jack Campbell's getting first round buzz and this and that. You want a completely out of left field scenario. How about that? That would knock my socks off. Yeah, mine, mine too. But (laughs) you know, I, I, I'm not sure I'd understand it. The one that I think you probably saw it the other day that 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 would kind of blow me away. Peter King and Albert Breer both on Monday mocked Michael Mayer to the Giants, and then Mike Tannenbaum. When I talked to him on Monday night, Mike Tannenbaum brought up the same scenario. He said the Giants might try to beat the Dallas Cowboys to Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame. And I don't understand that. I, I, you know, I understand drafting a tight end in the middle of the draft to supplement what they've got, but I don't understand taking a tight end in the first round after you just traded for Darren Waller and and you've got, you know, Bellinger, who's a good player, but, uh, but that that's another one. You know, maybe, you know, maybe those, maybe those guys know more than I do. <laughs> In fact, I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure they know more than I do. <laughs> well, I don't know if they necessarily know what the Giants are thinking, but, you know, it's certainly an interesting, um, an interesting scenario if that happens. And I've got to ask you about Saquon just real quick. I mean, we know this where things stand with him. Joe Shane said that they haven't had conversation in over a month now. I think it's been. How much do you think that might affect, if at all? 
what the Giants do with, with, with running back. I mean, especially when you're talking a deep class of running backs, you don't know what the long-term future is going to be with Saquon. You know, you're obviously hoping for the best, but you don't, you know, you've got to expect the worst. Shane said it shouldn't, you know, it's not going to influence him one way or the other, but, you know, is he going to sit there and actually admit to it, even if that were the case? What do you think the thought process is regarding the long-term future of Saquon and what they potentially do in the draft with, with where they might select a running back? Well, I don't think they're drafting Bijan Robinson. Let's no. let's just let's just put that out there. I mean, no matter what the long-term future is for Saquon Barkley, you can't draft Bijan Robinson. I I disagree completely with Mike Lombardi when he went on his rant the other day about the disease of me and and all of that. But you want to tear apart the Giants locker room? You want to split everybody? Go ahead and draft Bijan Robinson. Go ahead. There's a lot of love for Saquon Barkley in that room. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, he's done a lot for this franchise. You want to signal to the entire roster that what you've done for that team means nothing. And you want to basically slap a player like Saquon in the face. You go ahead and draft Bijan Robinson. And you split your locker room and you have a mess. Yeah. And, you know, but, but what I, you know, I think they're going to draft a running back somewhere in the middle. I mean, there's two or three guys that I really like. You know, might be third round, fourth round, fifth round. I think they're going to find a running back to at least supplement that group. Um, I think sooner or later they're going to have to come. Uh, sooner or later they'll come to an agreement with Saquon. Probably not at the money that Saquon wants to make, you know, Saquon's going to be a giant next year because he's not going to do what Levy, he's not going to, you know, basically take a flamethrower to his career like Le'Veon Bell did. He's not going to sit out, you know, 2023 and throw $10 million down the drain, you know, and, and, and sit out for another year. That's just not going to happen. I think they'll come to a deal, probably not what Saquon thought he was going to get. I'm really curious to see if and when they do sit back down, if the Giants are willing to put that $12.5 million a year on the table or they're going to say, sorry, the market's changed, we'll give you 9 or 10, and if you don't like it, you know, you can play on the tag and we'll talk about it in a year. You know, yeah. we'll see. But, uh, but I, I think they'll, they'll eventually come to some kind of a deal. And I, but I do think... I do think the Giants will supplement that room partially because they could use the help. You know, Matt Breed is an okay backup, but, you know, but I think they can, they, if they hit the right guy, they can do better. Plus you want to, you want to protect yourself a little bit. You get a guy that maybe gets a year of experience. And if somehow you wind up moving on from Saquon in a year, you've got somebody that's played a little bit. Yeah. I mean, hopefully the Giants do put the offer back on the table as a show, as a sign of goodwill. Uh, Will they? I don't know, because their cap situation has kind of changed as well, though, you know, I'm sure they can make it work if they need to. All right. Final question for you, Ed. We're still kind of learning a little bit about Joe Shane and how he thinks with regards to roster building. We've seen some signs and whatnot. What do you think, you know, now that the, the rebuild is now entering year two, what 
do you think Joe Shane needs to show us with regards to how he approaches this draft? You know, last year was all about survival, as you mentioned. What do you want to come away from after this draft is over, knowing about Joe Shane and how he approaches roster building? Well, it's interesting because I, you know, we think we know some things about Joe. We think we know that he'll move around the board. We think we know that that he's a guy who who believes in positional value. We think we know those things. I I guess that you know that I want to I want to know that you know that that he a I guess trusts his guys. You know, otherwise, why did he hire all these guys? And 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 B, I guess, I guess part of it is being his own guy. You know, I don't want I don't want him to go draft a wide receiver because the world says, Joe, you got to draft a wide receiver. You know, I want. I guess I want to see that that he continues to have a long term plan. You know, and, and that uh, and that he, you know, that he he knows where he wants to go with this team. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. God only knows, you know, who's going to be available at, at, at 25 or 57 or 89 or, or whatever, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, Patty. And, uh, and, and, and it's always, uh, I always, I always end up on Thursday night going, you know, what the heck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure this Thursday is going to be no different. Ed. I just have that gut feeling that something's going to come out of left field and we're all going to be going, what? <laughs> it happens every yep. year. Always does. Always yes, it does. does. Yes, it you does. Know, as Eli Apple happens and, oh. and DeAndre Baker happens oh. and, and, you know, you know, I, that's, I guess we talk about Joe. It's like, okay, if you're going to make a move, hopefully we understand what you did and what you were thinking, you know, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Because, because that too often has been the case in the last, uh, in, in the last few years, it's like, well, what on earth did we do that? Did, did the giants do that for, you know, that Please would be nice. Me- Please tell I, me you're going to be video. You're, you're going to be going live or videotaping yourself. So if that moment comes up, we could we have a, a picture of you go. They do. <laughs> no, 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 no. I do actually have. I'll, I'll mention this to Tony Delgenio though, because Tony's going to do for us at Big Blue View on Thursday night. Since they're sitting at 25 the first time in so long, he's going to do a sort of personal sort of roller coaster like his reaction as certain things happen during the draft like that might have impacted the Giants like a player coming off the board that that he wanted for the Giants and 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 I'll have to mention to Tony you know take some videotape of your head exploding when <laughs> when Zay Flowers gets drafted at 24 <laughs> you know? oh that would make for some must see tv that's for sure <laughs> Edward, as always, appreciate you coming on. Appreciate the uh, the insight. And uh, thank you for having me on your show, which uh, I'm sure is going to air probably around the same time as this show. So Giant fans, do check out Big Blue View Radio. Um, I was on with Ed. 
And uh, of course, you know, he's here with me and we will continue bringing you Giants draft coverage leading up to the draft, leading into the draft and after the draft. There's plenty of stuff to talk about. And then, of course, the following weekend, I think we have the mini camp, the rookie mini camp, I think is the following weekend, if I have my dates correct. So a lot of football coming up, Giant fans. So in closing, thank you so much for making the the Locked on Giants podcast your first listener watch every day. And Giant fans, we will see you tomorrow with an all-new episode of Locked on Giants.